You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. And the computer basically spits out a, a historical, when the conditions were like this, what's happened in the past. And um, I call it a, the, the strongest cell signal it can give is a tier one cell, cell signal. And if you look back over the last five years, basically it's batting a thousand for getting, you know, at least some sort of sell-off, you know, decent sized where it jumps out at you on the chart. I'm not talking about a one or two day pullback. At the moment, it's giving, giving the strongest trading signal that it can that some sort of sell-off correction potential, you know, for example, I mean, the last time it gave one of these was in February. Obviously, that was a crash. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers. Thank you for tuning in. Well, we're going to be talking about gold and gold stocks yet again today, and I have a professional on the line with me to discuss that topic, Mr. Lance Lewis. He is the principal of Lewis Capital, an RIA that manages qualified client accounts in gold and gold equities. He also writes a daily market letter. You can find more about Lance's work at dailymarketsummary.com. Lance, it's your first time on the show. Thank you for joining me, and let's start off with your gold forecast. What do you see in both the near term and the long term for gold. Hi, Bill. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you know, I never like to be too specific on uh, the future because it's always changing. As we can see, back in in February, March, uh, things got pretty wild, and that's something that nobody predicted. But uh, you know, I'm generally bullish on gold, and I do think you'll see all-time highs. Uh, when that will be exactly, I'm you know, I'm I'm not smart enough to know, but uh, I just hope to. To be there when it happens. Any near-term resistance levels that you're looking for? You know, the whole debate that I've had with conversations and messages with some people has been, are we going to see a pullback so that I could buy these gold stocks at a lower price, or should I just throw my money into them right now because they just keep going up? Well, I've actually, last mid last year, I built a, a, a model that uh, is has been historically fairly accurate at, at predicting movements in, in, in gold and in gold equities. And uh, at the moment, it's on one of its more, well, the strongest sell signal it can give, and it's given it for six days straight. And the last time that happened was going into the February 24th high uh, back in February. Um, so near term, I, I would argue that you're probably going to get a correction uh, in both gold and gold stocks, you know, the actual high in gold, at least in the futures, uh, was back on uh, April 14th, and we have not surpassed that high to date. So, um, probably looking at some some sort of downside, I would think, over the next couple weeks, and then you know that should should provide a buying opportunity. So, when you got that sell signal that you're getting now, you said you got it on February 24th. Did you, how do you manage your your fund? Do you, did you sell on the twenty fourth and then buy back at the lows, or do you just ride it out? Well, funny enough, uh, because I had just built the thing back in the summer, and I was still uh, kind of learning how to use it because it's more nuanced than just you know it's not like a magic eight ball. You shake it and it says sell. Uh, so actually, at the time, I didn't believe it because I mean, basically, we rallied. You know, we, were, we rallied for six straight days and. Uh, or five straight days, excuse me, uh, into that February 24th high, and it gave a sell every day. And, of course, we made a new 52-week high in both gold and GDX. And so I, I didn't trust it, to be honest with you. And, of course, then when prices turned over, 
I began to trust it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, at the time, I did not. Now, this time, however, uh, I have put a little more weight into it, and uh, I have gotten I'm net short at the moment in, uh, in GDX, and I have some puts as well. But um, so let's say that February kind of taught me to don't fade the model. And is there any more you can tell us about the inputs into the model? I mean, without giving away, I mean, Coca-Cola doesn't give away their secret recipe. <laughs> you don't have to give away your secret recipe, but is there anything more you can tell us about the inputs? Uh, let's just say that it's, it's a lot of different data points. It, it has some sentiment data points in it. It has some technical stuff that goes into it, uh, some, some kind of traders stuff that goes into it. It's, it's, it's a lot of different, uh, different data points. And the computer spits out the, the computer basically spits out a, a historical when the conditions were like this, what's happened in the past. And um, I call it a, the, the strongest cell signal it can give is a tier one cell, cell signal. And if you look back over the last five years, uh, basically it's, it's batting a thousand for getting, you know, at least some sort of sell off, you know, decent sized where it jumps out at you on the chart. I'm not talking about a one or two day pullback. Uh, but it's it hadn't been wrong to date. Now that's not to say it could be wrong at some point. Oh, you know, there's a first time for everything. But um, for now, it uh, it's looking like it's once again potentially correct, given that both gold and the miners have turned over this week. And you know, we'll see if pullback's over or where it takes us next week. You're at the helm, your website says, of Lewis Capital Incorporated, where you employ a primary strategy for gold and gold equities. Can you talk about your specific strategy for gold equity investing? Well, it's it's long, short, and I'm a big believer. I used to invest primarily in individual uh, names. And several years ago, uh, I'd say back around 2014, I moved to primarily just a straight index basis. Uh, GDX, GDXJ, um, you know, SIL, whatever, uh, under the theory that uh, basically you, you never walk in one morning and GDX is going to be down 30% um, because of XYZ you know, news that came out. However, you, you often walk in one morning and XYZ Miner has spit up some news and it's down 25 or 30%. And, but you rarely walk in and XYZ Miner is up 30% unless mm-hmm. all of them are up a lot. So I, I tend to spread the risk over you know, many different names using the indexes and the theory that it's, it's hard enough to get gold right. Um, it's doubly hard to make sure you're in the right equity and that, that it's, it's going to perform you know, with, in line with gold. So I, I try to spread that risk. So I started investing in the gold and silver stocks because of that outsized potential return, you know, your 30, 40 fold potential on your best plays or maybe five to 10 fold return in a bull market on producers. So that's not what led you into the gold space then, is it? Not really. Uh, I mean, many, 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 perhaps years ago it, it was, but um, I just found those, I mean, those names are out there and some people are really good at finding them. Um, I am not one of those people. <laughs> and uh, so I, I find it's, it's better over time because there is such volatility in the sector. If you can trade it and trade it accurately, uh, your performance is better over time uh, than if you, you know, you've got one, one big long shot that, that worked out well, but you know, if, if all your other names didn't, didn't act well or didn't turn out well, um, your overall performance is still not great. Uh, so basically I just find the math works better 
if you're doing, you know, you're trading a lot in the sector. I'm not a big buy and hold mining stock guy, just because there are there are periods of time where you want to own these things, and then a lot of the other time you don't, or you want to be short. Is what I it just just the facts. Obviously, your clients could buy the GDX or GDXJ on their own without you, but you offer them that specific timing to where you're going to outperform the GDX or GDXJ, hopefully, because you're going to sell at a, at a near-term peak and then and then buy on the next dip. Is that what I understand? Correct. Or and I can be I can be net short. And you know, in 2015, I was net short uh, a lot of the year, and uh, you know, I was up 150% that year. So it just uh, it depends on depends on what the market is doing. Yeah. What was your performance from 2012 through 2015 during that bear market in the gold equities? Uh, I'd have to go back and look, but you know, 2013. Now, in 2013, I got hurt along with everybody else because that's back when I was still, you know, primarily individual names and I was long only. Uh, I made a change after 2013. Uh, in 2014, like I said, that's when I started, you know, more index based, and. I believe it was by late 2015, no, mid 2015. I know I had recovered all my losses from 2013, and uh, and I was net up from 2012 through 2013. By the end of that year, I can't remember what the what the number was though. I haven't asked for that specific period, believe it or not. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Orn Resources is a junior exploration company with the appetite of a major, focused on finding the next globally significant discovery to create enormous potential upside for shareholders. It's one of the most aggressive exploration companies pursuing high-grade, scalable gold and copper deposits and has a premier seven-project portfolio including its two flagships, Committee Bay in the Arctic and Sombrero in Peru. With Orin's unparalleled technical team and highly experienced management with a history of success in advancing and monetizing exploration assets, Orin has been called one of the best in the junior exploration sector. Orin trades on the TSX and NYSE under the ticker AUG. To learn more, go to orinresources.com. That's A-U-R-Y-N resources.com. Um, I had a question uh, come into me and I said I would ask a future guest. Uh, and it's in regards to observing how the gold stocks move throughout any given trading day, liquidity. And the question is, what's the best time, generally speaking, to buy a gold stock time of the day? And uh, what what patterns are you observing here that you could share with listeners? Uh, I mean, I like to do things primarily at the end of the day, in the last hour, Um you know, as far as a time to to buy necessarily, I mean, I don't think there really is one. But I think ma- making a decision, um, you know, based on on what's going to potentially happen the next day, I find the last hour is, is the best time to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, it seems like on some of the smaller cap uh, gold stocks that trade on the major ex- exchanges, they often seem to sell off towards the end of the day. Do you notice that as well? Uh, in some cases, um, you know, I'm not I'm not looking at a lot of the tiny ones. I'm looking at more of your uh, GDX type names, GDXJ type names. So they're they're larger, but um, not a hundred to two hundred million dollar market cap. Yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts on the Dow and the S and P? Are we due for a correction huh. or things going higher? I think they're completely separated from reality, but I don't know when that's going to end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, you know, you kind of you had the same thing going on back in February when everybody could look around and see that you know well, obviously China's economy had collapsed and the, the virus was spreading globally, 
And yet the S&P seemed to go up every day as if there was not a problem. And everybody said, well, the Fed's doing repos, and so this can go on forever. Don't fight the Fed. And then one day the bottom fell out. Uh, I think we're kind of in that same mode now where you've got QE is, is the investment process that people are using now in, in the equity market and don't fight the Fed. And so just stuff's going to lift until one day it doesn't. But um, QE is not going to suddenly get millions of people employed overnight. And uh, at the end of the day, stocks are tied to earnings and revenue. And if those earnings aren't there, the price is going down. I don't know how, I don't care how much liquidity the Fed's pumping in, but I don't know what that day will be. <laughs> with uh, the U.S. and China tensions, you know, with the virus, there's a little more tension. And then, of course, there's been the, going, the back and forth trade war and negotiations and everything that's involved there. Any insights here you could share with us regarding the tension between the U.S. and China and what possible investment ideas might come out of it? Uh, not really, other than um, if if tensions do accelerate, I would think gold would be a beneficiary of that. Um, but you know how that might happen and when and if, uh, you know, I'm, that's above my pay grade. Much has been made about the gold-silver ratio coming down from about an all-time high of 130 to now under 100. Uh, any thoughts here? Does this indicate we're going to get that, that whiplash of silver quickly catching up and outperforming gold? I think at some point it will. Um, I mean, it's obviously it's outperformed just over the last uh, couple months. It's outperformed gold because gold's basically gone nowhere since uh, you know early April. Um, but you know, you still could, because of the industrial component of silver, you still could have, you know, a near-term hiccup. Uh, I'm not talking about new lows or anything, but uh, you could have some more gyration, correction, whatever you want to call it, uh, in line with these other industrial metals uh, just because of lack of demand. And with your expectations for the bull market in gold and silver, you know, how many years? I've had people on the show say six years, three years. Uh, even multi-decade, uh, what are your expectations for the outlook of this bull market? <laughs> I would say multi-year. I, you know, like I said, as I said earlier, I try not to forecast too far in the future because it's always changing. And anyone that, that tells you they know it is selling you something more than likely. Um, but uh, I, I think odds are it's, it's, it's a multi-year. I mean, it, it has been since 2000. You had the intervening cyclical bear market there from 2011 through 2015, but uh, it's really been a you know a long-term bull market during that whole period, and uh, I think it's going to continue until at some point you're going to get some sort of currency crisis with fiat currencies in general, and uh, that may be where it eventually peaks. But how long that takes to get there, you know, I would have told you we would have been there 10 years ago, but here we are. Okay, so you're just going to watch your model and look for those signals to, you know, exit this sector at that at some point in the future? Well, I mean, they're trading signals. So they, you know, it doesn't tell you, oh, it's over, go home for the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, it's more complicated than that. But, you know, like I said, at the moment, it's giving, giving the strongest trading signal that it can, that some sort of uh, sell-off correction, potential you know, for example, I mean, the last time it gave one of these was in February. Obviously, that was crash. Um, prior to that, it gave one, uh, you know, one of the the uh, the mildest sell-off 
that it gave a signal on was in January at that high. And I think, you know, the GDX sold off maybe 10%, 15%, something like that. I can't remember what the number was. Um, but then prior to that, it, you know, it gave a sell signal on September 4th uh, of last year. And, you know, that correction lasted for, you know, what, four months. So, you know, the timing is you don't really know. The degree you don't really know. But it's it, each one of the sell signals in the past, it's been um, – the correction has been noticeable from a price standpoint and certainly from a, from a timing standpoint as well. And, you know, in fact, you know, airing to the – the sell-offs have tended to last longer after you've gotten this signal, but you know, obviously the February-March sell-off was what about four weeks, three weeks, something like that. It wasn't that long, but the, the price part of it was damaging. Yep. So outside of the precious metals and mining sector, do you see deep value in any potential sector that you could share with us? Short selling. Short selling to general <laughs> equities, <laughs> but although, like I said, it's it's the timing is is the tricky part there because just like in February, uh, you know, most most bears had basically given up at that point and just assumed that you know, hey, Fed doing these repos, I don't know if this stuff's ever going to turn over. And then of course one day it did, and and we're in that odd uh, environment once again where a lot of bears have basically given up or they're in the process of giving up. And stocks seem to go higher every day, regardless of the news, regardless of what's what's happening. And uh, but at some point, um, you know, the real world's going to matter. You know, I mean, certainly it's starting to matter in the banks because they go down almost every day. And I've never seen a market that can trade substantially higher without the financials participating. And at the moment, they're going in the wrong direction as far if you're bullish. Yeah, companies are even more overvalued now, right, on a price to earnings valuation than in February. I, I would argue that unless you believe in the tooth fairy that, uh, you know, suddenly we're going to snap our fingers and the economy is going to roar back uh, to where it was in January overnight. It's, it's just it's not going to happen. You've done too much damage. Doesn't even doesn't matter if even if you had a vaccine tomorrow, um, you're still you've I mean, just like any other recession, you know, the Fed's, Fed raises interest rates and you eventually turn over and you get a recession. I mean, you've turned over at this point. It doesn't, you can't just magically, you don't just roar out of that overnight. It takes time. And, uh, you know, we've done a lot of damage. Well, Lance, I know that um, people think highly of your service that you offer for market timing. If listeners of my show want to learn more, uh, what more do you offer at your website, dailymarketsummary.com, and what type of uh, subscriptions are there? Uh, yeah, on the, I mean, the website is, you know, I write a daily evening spew, uh, and I also uh, post intraday comments on the website as well that, you know, emails go out and notify subscribers that something's been posted. Um, but I, and I do, I, I, when the model produces a sell signal, you know, I tell everybody and, uh, you know, try, try my best to help everybody navigate the gold and silver sector and it's wild volatility that, that it always has. So it's a market timing guidance is the primary thing you offer to your subscribers? Primarily. Yeah, I mean, I, I just got, I go through the other markets as well, uh, the equity market. And, and I used to be primarily a short seller years ago, uh, when I used to work for David Tice at Prudent Bear Fund. And uh, so I, you know, it's, it's really, it's kind of a, I give a market wrap every day of, you know, this is basically what happened in, in the markets. W within that, I've obviously got to focus on gold and silver and the gold equities. Website is dailymarketsummary.com. You can also follow Lance on Twitter at Lance J. Lewis, at Lance J. Lewis. Lance, thanks for coming on today's show and sharing your insights. I appreciate it. Thanks, Bill.
Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks concomitant with that if you don't do the work or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too i just started to study up on mining stocks and i just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really you could do really really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly the mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.